Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. You can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up? So me and Jay are having some scheduling issues. I have been traveling and he has been traveling and we haven't had the time to sit down and record, but we will be back next week and so i'm gonna share me telling a story about uh, i don't even want to tell y'all what it's about i just want y'all to listen so check it out and we'll be back next week see y'all when you're young real love was really hard to define you know like a infatuation or like love like which one was it say you have a crush on somebody and they don't know you have a crush and they're not even checking for you like that. They're not interacting with you. You just have a crush. And you know, that's kind of like infatuation. When I was younger, it was confusing for me because being a young trans person, how you interact with the non-trans world, especially in relations to sex and love, is not really the norm so you don't have examples to look at and the examples of love that you see are in the heteronormative world so you don't really you how you are supposed to maneuver you don't know how you're supposed to define love how love is shown to you because nobody is actually openly showing you love as if you were a cisgender woman so you really didn't know i didn't know it gets especially confusing when the person that you have a crush on is interacting with you and responding positively to those emotions and that lust and that infatuation when the person is actually doing stuff with you it gets even more confusing and that is how how I was in high school with Eric. Eric was initially my crush, but then he started to interact with me and get involved with my crush. And then it got deeper 
it got deeper than an infatuation. In Indianapolis, every year there was a DJ who threw a talent show, Guy Black. The Guy Black Talent Showcase or talent something. And it would be at my school every year. It was a citywide thing. It was a big thing in the city. It was an e- uh, annual event in the city. And they always had it at my school. So one year, it was the week of the talent show. And I was excited about going because I had friends that were going to be in the talent show. And this particular year was my junior year. Um, is when I was really flourishing in my womanhood. <laughs> um, you know, I was I, I was on hormones and my boobs were growing a little bit. You know, I was fully in my girl. Like I was, you know, I was, you know, of course, wearing girl clothes and I was really, I've, there was no longer any apprehension about me doing me (laughs) at school. Nobody, there was no surprise. There was no like, oh my God, he got on girl clothes. It was none of that. It was none of that anymore. Um, because I had been doing it. It wasn't, I was free to be me. Like it was like no longer a shock or some big deal. So this is the first time I get to go to the talent show and wear what I want to wear. So I'm really excited about what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to dress and what my hair is going to do. I'm so excited about this event because I'm finally going to go to this uh, uh, event where I want to go. This was so, 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 so exciting. All that day in school, everybody was talking about it. I had a best friend. Her name was Tracy, my best cisgender girlfriend. I love Tracy. Um, really, really cool girl, even to this day. Me and her didn't have the same type of men, so we didn't. We didn't. Um, we rarely bumped heads um, as far as type of guys that we like. But she had a friend who liked Eric, and. From what I know, Eric liked her. Now, I told y'all that me and Eric had this thing where we would be in the hallway and we, or wherever we interacted, we would have this thing about him asking me when I'm going to hook him up. And so that grew into something, into us meeting each other after school, um, just flirting. It was just a, a mutual flirting. So now my crush is flirting with me. So I'm, you know, the feelings that if you have your crush is flirting with you, it's like, ooh. So now I went from infatuation to something else where I'm like, oh, he's flirting with me. So now all I have to do is convince him to mess around with me. I just got to get to that level. How do I do this? Because he's open to it. Like he's playing with me. He's he's giving me feedback. He's giving me some kind of reciprocity that I need to work on, that I need to find a way to get him to go all the way. And now my homegirl 
has a friend that likes him. Hence the problem. <laughs> so, of course, I didn't like her. But she was my home girlfriend, and I couldn't really tell her why I didn't really like her. But I tried to, you know, I was mature enough to know it's not her problem. It's not her fault. She didn't know. She doesn't know the situation because it's a down low situation. So I can't really... I can't really be mad at her, but if you're getting in between me and my crush, then girl, <laughs> it's kind of like, I can't be mad at you, but bitch, I can't <laughs> because that's my feelings and I couldn't control my feelings. So that's what, that's what I was with her. Tracy asked me, do I want to go to the God Black concert with her, with Tanisha? I was like, mm, well, I do want to go with Tracy, but I hate that I have to be with the other girl. You know, I, I just didn't want to be in that situation. I just didn't want to interact with her at all. But because she was friends with my friend, sometimes I was forced in the situation to interact with her. I end up saying yes, and I end up going to the, to the talent show with my friend Tracy and Tanisha, her friend. While we're in the car, they tell me that after the talent show, that we are going to go to Eric's house and smoke. Now, at this time, I was a smoker. <laughs> I haven't been a smoker since that time. But back then, I was a smoker. So I'm like, oh, we're going to go to Eric's house and smoke. My crush's house and smoke. That sounds like a love situation. <laughs> but remember my company. I am going to Eric's house to smoke with a girl that is crushing on him. A regular girl that is crushing on him. A girl that he can openly flirt with if he choose to flirt with. In front of me, if he choose to flirt with. In a situation where we are not in school, so we all can do what the hell we want to do in the situation. Hence the motherfucking problem. <laughs> so, but it was an opportunity for me to be in a situation with Eric while we were not in school. Again. We end up not going to the talent show because they started smoking before we even before we even got to the talent show. And you know, when folks get to smoking, they get chill, <laughs> or they get to talking, or they get to laughing, or they get to bullshitting. And by the time we got, we end up going. We end up going, but by the time we got to the place, the shit was over or about to be over. So we missed everything. So there was no point in going in, spending our coins to go in. When it's over, everybody's smoking. Now, I ain't smoking yet, but everybody was smoking. Now, we're making the plans to go over Eric's house. We're in the car, and we're headed to Eric's house, and they tell me about Eric's mother. Now, mind you, at this point, I have only met Eric's grandmother, and she was super, super nice to me, Eric's grandmother. Um, but in the car, they start to describe Eric's mother. Now, 
They warn me that she is a more worldly mother. She cusses her. The grandmother is nice church lady, but the mother is young. His mother's young. She's more worldly. She cusses. She's just a little bit more ratchet. <laughs> so, in my experience with ratchet black women, I knew me being what I am, me coming to her house, I just was, I don't want to say scared. The word was, wasn't scared. I was just, uh, I just knew I would be in a situation where if she was this bold, say what's on her mind, say whatever comes out of, come to her mind, tactless woman that they describe, then I knew me coming into her house was going to open me up to a level of disrespect that I didn't want in front of my peers. Does it make sense? Like, I, I knew she might call me a he. I knew she might call me a fag. I knew she might call me... I knew she might be disrespectful in a tacky way that wasn't intended to be tacky. Like, it's like, it just happens. And, and I just didn't want to have that... I knew that embarrassing moment would come. But I was already in the car. And... There were going to be, they already told me that there were going to be other people over there that I just didn't want that moment to be embarrassing to me. So, I don't know. I was already in the car on the way there, so I couldn't, I couldn't turn around. I couldn't tell them, drop me off, and then miss the situation and let this bitch that I'm in the car with get over there and be flirting and I won't be able to block nothing. <laughs> <laughs> from happening. I just, I know that, you know, she has a question of him. She's going to go over there. She's going to be trying to get her life. If I'm there, I could be trying to block it. I could be, I don't know. I could be doing something. But if I'm not there, <gasps> anything can happen. They could be going together by Monday. <laughs> so I'm just in this situation where I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? But I'm already in the car. So I'm headed there anyway. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm headed there. So we get to Eric's house. His mother, once again, this is one of those ratchet young kind of mamas, and she's smoking weed with them. She's smoking weed with the kids. So she's back in her room. We all come in the house. So these are all the people. Me, Tracy, Tracy's friend Tanisha, the two Eric's, and little Rob and Eric's mother. So they are all in Eric's mother's room smoking. I am in the living room sitting down. Just sitting there because I'm not about to go to the back room because if I can avoid the situation, I'm going to avoid the situation. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the room and they all in, I mean, I'm sitting in the living room and they, I see them from the living room all into the, um, all into the living room. So let me tell you what I got on. I have on like these really, really cute ass khaki wide legs and this yellow shirt that... My hair, I can't remember what my hair was doing. I just felt really cute. <laughs> I can't, I know I had some khaki wide leg slacks. They look, they're the color khakis and some little wedges and just, and this yellow shirt. And 
I just felt super fly that day. I just felt super fly. I can't remember everything that I had on, but I was really cute, really casual, really casual girl, cute. I'm sitting on that couch, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing them laughing, and da 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 And Eric says, from the room with his mother, Eric says, why are you not coming in here? Come on. Come in the bathroom. Come in the bathroom. Come meet my mother. So I can't see his mother, but I see that she is laying on the bed. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So I'm sitting there. I'm sweating bullets. I'm nervous. I said, I know I'm going to come in here and she's going to gag. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, oh, so what? am I going to do? I can't just, I can't leave. I got to go in here. He just called me out. So everybody like, yeah, yeah. Once he says that, everybody in the room says, yeah, come on. Why are you sitting there by yourself? So I get up and when I walk in the room, my physical, my physical demeanor, I just prepare my physical demeanor for What's about to happen? So I stand there. So I walk in the room and I'm like, <laughs> hands on my hips, like, hey, how are you? <laughs> just ready for the read. <laughs> Trust me. I'm, I'm just ready for her to read. I'm ready for her to say something. I don't know what she's going to say, but I'm ready. So I'm coming in. Hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and his mama is laying on the bed. She got her, um, y'all know, the bonnet on and the dress clothes. She's tall and slim. She's like six foot, and she's brown skinned, and she's slim. And she's just laying on the bed looking all sexy. She remind me of like a, um, Pam, ah, not, it's not Pam Greer, but I don't know. She doesn't look, she just looked like a cocoa brown, black exploitation villain or something she just she's a sexy woman and so she's sitting on the bed and i tip in just like that like mm, what's up and she soon as she sees me she says oh you a pretty ass fag <laughs> and everybody start busting out laughing <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I don't mean no offense, but bitch, you're pretty. I know what's going on. <laughs> I didn't expect you to look like this. I thought you was going to look like, you know, some big burly ass man. But you're pretty as hell. You're pretty. And I say, thank you. <laughs> so that moment ends. And I'm like, okay, but of course my heart is pounding. I'm sweating. It's like, oh Lord, like what is she gonna embarrass, embarrass me? Or it wasn't. She just said I was a pretty ass fag. It could have been worse. <laughs> so I accepted. So everybody started passing the blunts. And so now we're gonna just we're discussing, everybody discussing, the mom is discussing, yeah, pass, she passing the blunt. She we all talking about what happened at the that other the people who went to the talent show is talking about what happened at the talent show. And it's all good. Everything go is going pretty cool. Cause now nobody's really focused on me. Um, it's good. Then we have to talk about what we're about to do. Everybody's done smoking. Everybody's high. Everybody's feeling good. 
now they start talking about going to this party. Now, the people who are throwing this party are people who have had a history of bullying me. So I'm with these people and I'm like, this is the party of the party. The you know, this is the party that everybody is going to. And I'm like, I don't really want to go because it's in the hood. It's thrown by the people who don't really fucking fuck with me like that. The niggas who have bullied me all of my high school years. Well, not bully. Like, nobody ever tried to, like, push me into locker. Nobody did that because I'm a twirler, bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, just anytime I walk past, call me fags or make jokes, da da da, da shit like that. Um, these, the dudes who, the people who are going to be at this party are those people. And I'm like, if I go to this party and this is not at school, if anything go down, that's ugly. I'm going to be by my fucking self. I would be setting myself up for a ugly, horrible, get jumped type of situation. And I really wasn't feeling it, but I also didn't want to be a party pooper because we're already on this side of town. For them to have to take me home, they got, we got, they, before they go to the party, they have to go all the way back to my side of town just to drop me off and then come back here to go to the party because the party is right, right around the corner from Eric's house, which is nowhere near by where I live. So I'm like, oh Lord, Ugh. I don't want to be a party people, party pooper. I don't want to kill the moment. So I said, fuck it, I'm gonna go. But what I did was I go to the kitchen of Eric's house. They still in there smoking. I go to the kitchen and I'm looking through his drawers because I'm about to take a knife with me. Because, like I said, this is I'm setting myself up for something ugly to happen at this motherfucking party. They're having it at a um apartments clubhouse. So it's not somebody's house, but it's still I just I don't know. I was scared. I was I was just like, mm, I need to make sure I got me something. And I'm about to steal one of their knives <laughs> because I can put this in my purse. And if something go down, wham, 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 a Wolverine on these hoes. <laughs> but, you know, I'm in there searching and, you know, you don't know your way around somebody else's kitchen. <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to ease the drawers open slow so they won't hear me going through their drawers. Oh, I hope his mama don't come in here and think I'm, I don't know. I, I was just in a situation. It was dark in there. Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, Eric comes in and he comes into the door and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm looking for a knife. And he was like, what you looking for a knife for? And I was like, look, we're about to go to this party and the people at this party don't fucking like me and I know they don't like me. And I'm, I just need something to protect myself with if I'm, you know, if I get in any kind of situations because, you know, you know how my focus just, it is what it is. Eric stood in that kitchen and was like, you going to a party with me. Ain't nobody going to fuck with you while you with me. Because I got your back. You ain't got to worry about nothing while you with me. 
So, at that moment, my heart swells up. <laughs> because my, my crush is sitting here in my face telling me that if anything go down, he has my back. He's in my corner, and I don't need to worry about nothing. So, take the infatuation, take the interaction with him, and now take this moment of, I don't know what the moment was, but the moment was him being protective of me. That moment is when, I don't know if it was love, but I fell into something. <laughs> it made me feel special. It made me feel good. It made me feel... I don't know. I don't know what it just made me feel something. And that feeling didn't stop. That I call it love now, but I don't know what it was, but I fell in love with Erica at that moment. We went to the party. And when I come in the party, of course I see the dudes who were, you know, no, I hate to call them my enemies, but whatever, y'all, if you're a trans person or a gay person, you know the group of dudes that always fucked with you. <laughs> this was them. <laughs> it could be one, two, or three. Wherever they, cafeteria, walking in the hall, it was a group of asshole-ass niggas that always had something to say about you. This was them. And I see them in there. They make some little remarks, but they don't really do nothing. They kind of just have them. You know, they're having a good time because it's a party. They ain't really, they don't really do something. They don't really do anything. So we sitting, I'm sitting, and mind you, I'm high as a motherfucking kite. <laughs> I'm sitting and just kind of enjoying myself. And it, 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 nothing happened. There was a fight that broke out and I saw Eric and it was by me. And I saw Eric come over and was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. That wouldn't. They ain't nothing to do with me. That's them. He's like, all right, and he went back to the dance floor, got dancing, and da 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 da. It was all good. So we all end up going. Once the party was over, we all end up going back to Eric's house, and Tracy. I end up riding with not Eric, my Eric, but the other Eric, you know, that I was friends with because Tracy and Tanisha end up having to go back to, um, they end up having to go home or whatever. I can't remember, but I end up riding with the other Eric back to my Eric's house because I had left something there or I think I, I left something there. I can't remember what I left there, but I ended up leaving something there. But his mother ended up, his mother was there. Still, of course, his mother was still at his house, Eric's mother. And when I came in, she was like, it's too late. I know y'all been drinking. It's too late for y'all to be driving on the road. So Eric, all, both Eric's, <laughs> Lil Rob and you too, Diamond, y'all stay here tonight. You sleep, Diamond, you sleep on the couch. Lil Rob, you sleep on the pallet on the floor. Eric, um, you know, I'm gonna bring you out some kind of little bed or whatever. I can't remember. Um, she just made us all stay there, which I was good because now I'm spending the night at Eric's house. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so it was all good. So I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm 
laying down, uh, laying down. And little Rob, remember I told you little Rob is like Eric's little cousin, super, super cute little boy, but he's a freshman, little young, little looking freshman. I'm laying on the couch and I'm kind of dozing off. And all I feel is somebody reaching their hand up, like touching my booty. <laughs> and it is him. <laughs> it is little Rob. So I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, he just trying to work me, trying to help me. He was like, I can't touch your booty. <laughs> like, boy, stop touching my booty. Get your ass on. So he's laying on the floor next to the couch. I'm laying on the couch. He laying on the floor and he's just trying to work and have and touch and feel. I see his little meat heart under the covers. He's trying to, he wiggling it under the covers and doing all this stuff to try to have. And I'm like, boy, y'all little young, high self. If you don't get your butt on, da 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 da. So once he see that I wasn't trying to have him, <laughs> he end up falling asleep. So I end up falling asleep. And all of a sudden, I feel somebody tap my shoulder. And I'm like, I'm thinking this little Rob. I lift my head up, looking down at me, it's Eric. <laughs> and Eric says, come on. So I get up off the couch. I don't hear nothing in the house. I hear Eric's mother's TV in her room, but her door is shut. So me and Eric go back to his room. And I get in his room. We end up having. <laughs> it was super, super romantic. Um, it was all good. It was affectionate. It was... My crush was interacting with me on a physical, affectionate, emotional level from my perspective. Like for him, it could have easily been just a lustful sexual situation. But for me, it was what was up. And, you know, the love that I felt that I just fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. Like it was, it might not have been mutual love, but it was definitely, from my perspective, love. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play 
Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So I am a Pisces. And a Pisces is represented by a fish going up and a fish going like this. It's like the yin and the yang or something, but fishes or whatever. So I don't know what astrological meaning that has, but what it always has represented to me is what my life has reflected. Um, You could see this fish going up and I really could be going down. Um, Or you could see me going down and I'm really going up. (laughs) <laughs> it could mean that my love life is like, ooh, and my money life is like, ooh. <laughs> it could mean that, um, it could mean anything. It's like so many things is happening at one time. Um, it's always balance and, um, you know, that's just kind of ref- how it is or whatever. That's how it's always been. Um, one thing happening behind the scenes and one thing happening in front of the scenes. So during this time of my high school life, this was about my, this was my senior year. After me and Eric did our thing, um, there was this fantasy happening behind the scenes. I was in love with Eric. Like I said, I don't know if you, if I would call it love now, but how it felt and what I thought it was when I was in high school, I was in love with him. Um, I know I wouldn't call it love. <laughs> I know I wouldn't call it love if I'm looking back at it. Um, hindsight is always twenty twenty, <laughs> So, you know, I wouldn't call it love then because later on in my life, I really experienced the, the love that I would consider love. That was considered pre-love whatever <laughs> um so but it it, it uh, while we were in school there was this thing happening behind the scenes that was um amazing and i thought that i loved him and then there was this thing happening in the reality of the situation the reality of the situation was this was a straight teenage boy that liked women. And there was something about me that resonated with him on a personal attraction, um, personality, chemistry, and sexual level for whatever reason. And um, he... And we engaged with each other like that. Um, We enjoyed each other's friendship. And we enjoyed the flirting. And whenever we had a chance to mess around, we messed around. (laughs) Um, My senior year was the birth of my activism. And... It was all by accident and it was all spawned by pride. I had 
been working at rallies. If you're in the South, this is called checkers. You know, up North, it's called rallies. <laughs> and I was really having a wonderful time working at rallies. It was one of my first jobs. My very first job was Wendy's. But this particular, this was like my second job, maybe. And um, I was working at rallies and I was working the drive through I'm going to make this part of the story pretty fast because this is called the love beneath and I wanted and I have to tell y'all this story to set up why this was relevant to my love life. So I was working at rallies and I was how rallies is set up in the north and I think it's like this everywhere. It is basically two drive throughs There's no place to go in and sit down and eat. So I've been working there a long time so I end up being one of the cashiers. So at nighttime, it would be me and, me and this skinny girl. Her name is um, Tasha. Skinny, dark-skinned girl, beautiful face, pretty white teeth. She was gorgeous. And then me. Um, we would. We knew our job so well that we would make money at night because I would go to school in the morning and we at night we would do our job so well and be flirting with the dudes and um nobody was clocking my teeth. They didn't know I was trans because I was just a cashier. Um but we would be doing our job so well that we would have tip jars and they would tip us and give us coins on top of the coins that we were already getting. And we would play off each other. We'd be flirting with the boys. She would be flirting at my window. I would be flirting at her window. And this is a cisgender woman, cisgender girl, because we were teenagers. And it was so fun. Like, this is one of the jobs that was so fun. All we had to do is take the order. We would laugh and choke and have fun. Like, so much so, like I said, our tip jars on both of our windows would be full. And it was amazing. It was fun. It was, I didn't feel awkward about being trans. Um, Nobody made me feel comfortable. Even the dudes who were like the burger flippers and the burger makers and the fry makers and, you know, who worked the cashiers, even they were cool with me. Once we, you know, once you get, get through that weird stage of you being the trans person working at the job, once they see I'm cool and I was doing my job well, it just became I was a girl that worked there. Um, So it all worked out. But... I was in high school, remember? And I ended up graduating a semester earlier than everybody else. So, but I also had my own apartment. I was a little bit more mature and a little bit more advanced than a normal high school high schooler. My senior year, I had my own apartment. My junior year, I had my own apartment. But my senior year, I had my own apartment and I had a job and I had bills to pay and I was living an adult life while still in, st still being in high school. Um, I got emancipated because remember, you know, I was in a group home. You know, I was, um, my mom was in and out of prison on drugs and da 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 da. Um, and I ended up getting emancipated while I was at the group home and get my own apartment. Blah, 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 blah. So this was my job that was paying my bills. My bills were so low. I, this was back in the day, so I'm sure that the, the rent ain't that low. <laughs> I'm going to me feel old as hell. Um, but I had a one, a small one-bedroom apartment for $315 a month. <laughs> exactly. Super, super cheap. And so it got to the point where, um, 
you know, I was, I was working at the job and it was really, really nice, but I graduated earlier. So the, my manager at rallies was like, Hey, I need you to, um, I really, I would like you to start working in the morning because you do really, really good at night. And since you're not going to be in school, start working in the morning for me. So I was like, oh, cool. I could do it in the morning. It's a different crowd. It's the morning crowd and not the night crowd after club and da, 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 da. It's the morning crowd. So I thought maybe it, you know, I might get more tips. So I started, I switched my schedule to where I could work in the morning. And so there was another girl who worked in the morning. Her name was Janae. So Tasha stayed on a night shift. I stayed because she was still in school. I stayed. I, I switched to the mornings because I had graduated early. I didn't need to go to school. Da 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 da. Um, so it was another woman. Now this little girl is a woman. She's like tw in her twenty something. So like maybe she was like twenty eight. Um, older. Plain Jane, regular chick. Um, she was kind of weird acting, but everybody had already worked with me. That was like the cooks and da 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 da. So she didn't work with me, but so everybody else was cool. But she was kind of kind of standoffish. But it don't matter because you're gonna be on your register and I'm gonna be on mine. So it is what it is. So I start trying to have fun with the job like I do at night. And she was not having it. Like, she was very stay over there. Um, she was not laughing at no jokes. Everybody else was laughing, and she ain't laughing. She just was like a party pooper buzzkill. And it just wasn't, the energy wasn't right. So, but my energy was right enough to where my tip jar was still getting some coins in it bitch <laughs> so you may be not doing your thing but i have my tip jar there and i was getting people tipping me for my personality and being lively and that kind of stuff so she was kind of getting jaded about the tip jar and so she went and told the managers management that this is a job basically she told them that this was a job and it, we don't have time to be playing and joking around and she feels like it's unprofessional for me to be having tip jars and playing with the customers and da 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 even though they're getting out of the um drive through fast they're getting their order right i'm not messing up nobody's order messing up nobody's money it's just i'm being lively way more lively than mm, oh number two da -da 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 all right roll up to the next window here's your bag of food give me your money da -da -da -da. well give me your money here's your bag of food boom 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 send you on your way no it was i was having conversation and engaging with the customer to where it was fun so she and so the late she had been she's like a veteran person that's been there so she's been there super super long and they really liked her so they kind of came and told me that you know, the morning shift is more professional. People come in, so I need to tone it down or whatever. So toning it down really kind of affected my coins, which was my legs. So I tried to tone it down, tone it down, but I wanted to, I wanted to kind of work my coins. <laughs> so me and her stopped getting along. She started being shady. She started being late, and I knew that this is my first. Situ circumstance where bitches at your job don't like you. <laughs> so, um, she would 
purposely misgendered me. Um, she would use my dead name. She was doing all this kind of whack ass shit. And, you know, I didn't really like her. So da 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 da. So they switched me back to nights because it, it worked better at that situation. Um, it worked better in my situation or whatever. So they switched me back to nights. And one day, we working, me and Tasha's working again. We making our coins. All of a sudden, at the end of the night, everything is going cool until we count the registers. And my boss says that my register was $2 short. And I was like, oh, no, we shouldn't be short because we count it again, make sure it's right. So she wouldn't let me count it again. And so she told me to go back in the front and help them finish cleaning up. And she counted my register. She said she counted it again and it was $2 short. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, how about you? I got the tip jar. Why don't I take $2 out of my tip jar and put it in there and that'll make it even? Because clearly something happened where it, it, there's something has happened. Can we look back on the cameras to see if anybody went in my drawer? So she wouldn't let me look on the cameras and she wouldn't let me put the $2. Two. Not 20. Not 200. Two. Two motherfucking dollars. So. She wouldn't let me put the $2 in the register. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why would, that's just logical. Why don't you just put the $2 in the register since it's $2 short? You can take it out of my tips. I didn't know what was going on, but baby, the next morning, she fired me. Because my register was $2 short. I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I love this job. And I didn't steal $2. Like, what? And so, in my mind, when I would tell my friends, I was like, I, they fired me. They wanted to get rid of me. I don't know if it was because I was trans. I don't know if it was because of that girl not liking me. I don't know what it was, but... What other, you fired me for $2 short on a register? Like, really? So, that act of them firing me for $2 led into a spiral down of my life. Because I could, because I was so young, most people were hiring older, will only hire you if you was over 18. So, Every time I would try to get another job, I wouldn't I couldn't get one. And I was trans. I wasn't to some passable level where you couldn't just told you couldn't I totally not clock me. I was I it's it was so many things that I felt like I, I was new, I was 17, uh, I didn't even have boobs yet. <laughs> like I was on hormones, but I wasn't you know, I just wasn't as advanced and it just was really, really hard for me to find a job and I never found one. And so over time, I wasn't paying my bills. I didn't know anything about escorting. I, I was 17. I didn't know. I, this was at a time when my nose was stuck up about prostitution. Um, didn't know anything about prostitution. But when I heard about it, it was like, oh, what? <laughs> uh-uh. 
So it's like I just I it, it just got bad and you know I couldn't pay my rent. And my mother, like I said, my mother and them, all my family had moved down to Mississippi and they weren't doing that well. But, um, you know, I didn't have anybody in my vicinity to really help me out or whatever. So also what was going on at that time is my principal at my school was trying it. It was my senior year, so of course prom was coming. Eric, I found out, was taking somewhere someone else to prom. A cisgender girl. <laughs> taking someone else to prom. And of course that made me angry. It made me mad. It made me sad. It made me depressed. But it also made me say that I wasn't going to the prom. So one day. It was class picture day. I don't know how y'all class picture do at y'all school, but this is the first time that I came to school in full everything. So my girl dressing it, my my girl was wearing girl shirts, wearing jeans, wearing Jordans or some um, Dennis Rodman's because that's what was out back then. <laughs> Some um, Dennis Rodman, some Irisons, um, you know, back then wearing some, you know, I was like a tomboy dressing girl. Like it, I would wear girl shirts, pants and shoes. This is the first, my class pictures is the first time that I came to school with a dress and heels on and my hair laid. <laughs> um, and my hair was like this except it wasn't blonde it was um it was black it was this kind of bob black i had a leopard print <laughs> dress on and some red heels <laughs> and i thought i was shit so this was the class pictures like so you know this is where us at our school everybody comes to the gym and everybody sits on the bleachers and scoots in and they got this camera and everybody is taking a picture of and the camera is taking a picture of everybody so me and my girls the popular girls of the school we were sitting in the front row of the of the bleachers and the principal comes over there mm -mm, baby you're not gonna be in the front row you need to get back two seats you need to get back you can't be on the front row and everybody around said why not and she was like mm -mm, you're not gonna use this opportunity you're not gonna use this make this picture into a clown show and this is a principal and so I get on the second row because, like I said, I wasn't, you know, you do what the teachers and principals and stuff said. So it pissed me off, but you kind of, they're the adults, so you kind of got to do what they say. And it's the principal, so got to do what they say. So I go to the back of the, um, not back, but to the next seat behind the front row. But what my, the girls did and this is uh, this is why I love black women. They always have been in my corner looking out for me, doing things that are for me. <laughs> now, it's some, it's been some bitches out there, but it's always been my clicker girls that had my back. 
through my niggas. <laughs> so what they said they're going to do is, because I'm right behind them, once the cameraman says one, two, three, and take the picture, they're going to spread apart so that even though I'm on the seat behind them, they still going to get to see all of me. So they're going to do like this, and I'm sitting right there. <laughs> so when the cameraman said, I'm going to take the picture on three, one, two, three, they scoot over. So in the picture, you see me looking sickening and them looking sickening, regardless if I was on the front row or not. Boom. So they, the principal sees that that's what happened. So she's over it. But anyway, what we wanted to do happened. I was looking good, and we got our life at the class picture. So I'm in the school building at the time, and I'm kind of walking about to go home. Remember, I don't, I haven't graduated. Like, I haven't walked to school. I mean, I haven't walked in far as graduation. Like, got my diploma, blah, 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 because we don't graduate until June. So... So I'm walking through the school hallways. It's after it's after class. There's nothing going on. Nothing is after, you know, everybody gone home except for people who have like after school activities, which I did because I was in drama club um, and we had a, a play that we were doing. And my principal calls my name, dead name, <laughs> over the intercom saying, Come to the principal's office. Come to the principal's office. So we go, I go to the principal's office and I sit down. And she's at her desk and I sit in front of her in the chair and I'm like, what's going on? Because I know I'm not in trouble, but it's still weird that I'm talking to the principal because we rarely have any kind of interaction, even though I've been here for years. Only time we've had interaction is when we, um, you know, during choir stuff, because we're, we were, we won a lot of, um, choir competitions, um, that I was a part of. So, <clears throat> so I sat down and she said, um, I want to have a conversation with you and your parents. This conversation, I want your parents to be there. And I was like, oh, well, you don't need to have my parents be there because I'm emancipated. I'm legally, by the courts, an adult because I've been emancipated when I was 17 and, you know, six months ago. And she was like, oh, well, good for you. Da, 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 da. It opened up the floodgates because now she normally would have had to talk to the child and parents. But now that I've been emancipated and she can just eliminate the parents out of the way. This is what she says. She's like, well, darling, um, you're not going to be able to come to the prom dressed like a girl. You're going to have to come to the prom dressed like a boy. Mm, no. Why would I need to do that? Why would you? And the prom is in two days. Like, you're the prom is on Thursday, and you're telling me this on Tuesday. Like, anybody who knows about prom know that you start getting dresses made and you start getting shit done for prom. You put deposits on dresses being made. You It's so much coins that you put into <laughs> a prom that you cannot tell a person two days before prom that they can't go to the prom. Two days before it. Like, what? Like, you really gonna sit here and let me waste all my money? Quiet as it kept. 
Remember, I told you that Eric was taking somebody else, so I really didn't want to go because I didn't really want to see that because it would have broke my little high school heart. So when she tells me that, it ignites an angry fire in me. This is discrimination. This, is, but I don't know what to do. I don't. I can't believe that you are doing this. You are telling me I can't go to the prom. Remember, I wasn't going, so I really ain't spent no money. But she didn't know that. <laughs> so I said, you're telling me that I can't go to the prom and I've done all of this stuff and you're telling me I have to go as a boy? I, what what makes you think that I would go as a boy and I haven't lived as this whole... I've been dressing as a girl and living my life as a girl since this whole fucking time. Since m most of my high school time, yo. Like you, I've been the tranny in this school <laughs> this isn't and you y'all ain't said nothing and then all of a sudden my senior year you're talking about go to um high school go to my prom in a in a tuxedo bitch stop so i go up to my drama once she tell me that i was like oh okay well, that's just the rules. She's like, that's just the rules, and that's going to disrupt the educational process, and that's in our policies. And she pulled out this book, and and I was like, it's prom. It's not no fucking educational project. I didn't say fucking, but I was like, it's prom. That's not educational. That's a party. And she was like, that is a part of, that is a school event, and it's educational. And so she kept cutting me down with all this stuff. And I walked out of there feeling defeated and angry and sad and just like, oh, my God, I haven't felt this way before. From an adult like this, because this seemed to me like it was an adult bullying me. Like I couldn't did I and I couldn't do anything about it. So I went up to my drama class, my drama, my English teacher was the drama coach she's the one who ran the school plays and stuff like that of course my english teacher <laughs> so i went up there and told her what happened and my english teacher miss beeching <laughs> miss beeching said now i don't want you to tell anybody that i told you this but <clears throat> this is wrong what they're doing to you and I need you to call this number. This is the number to the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union. They will take your case for free. Don't tell anybody that I told you this. And go talk to the news about it. But don't tell anybody that I told you this. <laughs> don't tell anybody. And I was like, okay, okay. So I call... <clears throat> All the news people, Channel 13, Channel 59, Channel, um, whatever the channel, local channels was, Fox 59, I think that's what's Indianapolis, and Channel 13. Nobody wanted to come talk to me about the unfair treatment, except for one. Whoever was the NBC, I think it was Channel 13, whoever was the NBC, they came, they brought the cameras to my house, brought it to my house. Brought, came to my house, set it up, and gave me an interview, and they put me on the news talking about them unfairly treating me <laughs> and not letting me to go to the prom in a dress. It was all over the news. The whole city was abuzz about it. 
I went down to, I think his name was Kenneth Falk or Michael Falk, Kenneth Falk, Ken Falk something. I think his last, his last name was Falk. And I went down and seen a lawyer down there and they was going to do it pro bono and um, told him what happened. He said, oh, we're going to do it for free. This is a perfect case. And you have the, you're in your First Amendment rights. And so we went because the prom was on Thursday. We had to go work quickly. So Wednesday morning, the the um the the lawyer went and said we need this case to be done Thursday morning because prom is at night it's six or five six or seven o'clock at night or five I can't remember we have to have this case done in the morning because we are suing to for her to go to the prom as how she wants so they said I was suing the Indianapolis public school system. And I was setting it up to, I was suing them to be able to go to the prom in a dress. So I put on my suit and my dress and we go to court about it. So before we go to court, you know, it's Wednesday. So all that happened on Tuesday. Then we got Wednesday and prom and the court day, the actual go in front of the judge is on Thursday. So on Wednesday, I had drama practice. So I had to go back up to the school. And so when she sees me in the hallway and we walk past, now she already know that it's been filed because this is Wednesday night. It's already been filed and already been on the news Tuesday night. Clock that. So she sees me in the hallway and she walks past me and looks at me and she says, you know, you're going to make yourself look like a fool because you're going to lose. Real childishly attitude. And this is an old ass, old ass black woman. So, so, just attitude. And I looked at her, I was like, well, if I lose, I lose. But if I win, I win. And I keep going. But it was just so childish for her to catch me in the hallway and just kind of rub. Oh, you're going to make yourself look like a fool because you're going to lose. And everybody else was saying that I was going to lose. They all said, you know, this is Indiana. Indiana is not the... Y'all know Indiana ain't the progressive state. (laughs) It's Republican country, too. It is where fucking um, the Ku Klux Klan founded. (laughs) It has a very racist and conservative history in Indiana. So everybody was like, you're going to lose. All right, so Wednesday come. And we go to court and they were, I'm in front of the judge. Luckily for me, the judge who I would have got, which was the conservative Republican judge, was out of town or something. So the Democratic judge, whoever was there, had to take the more lenient, more progressive liberal one, had to take my case. And so... They get to ask in the dean of students. They get to ask again all my teachers, not all of them, but they all subpoenaed them to come to court. And they they were asking them questions like, would it be a problem if she dressed like a girl? How long has she been dressing like a girl? And they all had to say her whole four years, her, her whole time. <laughs> her whole time being in high school, she has had, um, she's been like this. He's been like this. That's what they were saying. Um, 
And so the judge was like, has it ever been a problem? And so they had to bring up situations that I had gotten a fight. And in high school, I got in two fights. And they were like, and you know, he asked the dean of students, do you think that it was because of how she was dressed? And the dean of students says, no, I think they bully her because she of her sexuality. I think they bully her because she's gay. They're not saying she, they're saying he. <laughs> they bully her because he's gay. And I think whatever whatever kind of dress that, that this person would be in, he would have got bullied. <laughs> and so that honesty is really what what two things won my case because I won. <laughs> um him being honest about that, like saying that no matter how she dressed, she was going to get bullied in that time because these are high school students and the gayness is something that some you get teased about. But I, my girlfriends, love black women, and Eric, my love, they got a petition from all the students. Now, these are pop. Eric was the captain of the football team. Captain of the football team. Prom queen was Tracy. I told y'all about Tracy. <laughs> that was my best friend, my best female friend, prom queen. So these were, I was a part of a clique of people who were the popular students in the school. And they got a petition from all the other popular students and the some that weren't so popular to say that this would not be something that they would care about. It would not be a problem. A petition from all the students. That's what they did on Wednesday. Petitioning that this would not be a problem. And it was at the court. And the judge had it for my lawyers. That it would not be a problem that I would dress as myself. Dress in my truth and be the girl I'm supposed to be at the prom. <laughs> so, the judge was like, yeah, I don't see no reason for him to not be able to dress how he wants. So, I made history that day, and I got a First Amendment victory for prom, and they used, and all these popular ones, <laughs> all these popular ones in Mississippi and other places, as far as going to the prom in a dress, and going to the prom as your gender identity, all those cases used my case as the precedent to win them. So, that's something that I am so proud of. And I was only 17 years old. <laughs> and um, it's on the books right now. <laughs> I was in magazines. I was, it's just a lot of stuff that I was a part of at the time. And I'm, I was so proud of myself, but it was, it was an accident. I came out, um, it was an accident. I didn't do it on purpose. I did it out of childish pride. Like I wasn't even going to go to the prom. If she would have just shut up, like if she wouldn't have said anything to me, none of this would have happened. Like if she would have just let me go home after we took the class pictures, none of this would have happened. And she, um, it, it all would have been just fine. <laughs> so I end up going to the prom. The, all the news was there. People were holding signs in support of me. Like parents, I remember I am a child of this school. All the kids have grown up in high school with me so their parents know me. And I'm not a timid, shy, 
stay to myself person. I was a part of shit. Drama club, choir. Um, uh, I was one of the people who helped with the, the football, man, football, basketball managers, shit type. Like, I was doing a lot of stuff where people knew me, parents knew me, and they liked me. <laughs> so when they heard about all of this on the news and heard that I won, they were coming to the prom. When I got out of my car, when I got out in my dress and came the news was there the news was at the courthouse the news was there and the parents was there with signs in support of me and parents <laughs> they were there with signs in support of me so that was may the 7th may the 7th yeah May the 7th of 1999, my last year of high school. So I won, and it was so amazing. I felt sickening. Only thing made me feel late is my other English teacher, my senior English, that my teacher that helped me, she was like my freshman English teacher. <laughs> uh, um, but my, my senior English teacher, who I love to death, her name is Miss Sullivan. <clears throat> I love her to death. She was like mama bear. And she was like, I'm really disappointed in you. And I was, and she's somebody that I cared about their opinion. Cared about her opinion. And it's getting me emotional. <sighs> I cared about her opinion because she was motherly to me. And she saw my intelligence and she saw the value in me outside of my gayness my queerness and she saw the value in me and showcased it any chance she got and for her to say that she was disappointed in me really really made me question what I did because I valued her opinion and so she was like when you look back on this you might regret it but now that I'm turning looking back on it it's because she thought that all of this was a phase she thought that eventually this was just a phase and I would stop this and da 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 da. So she said that in hindsight, but in the moment I was like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? I don't, I didn't want to disappoint her. And you know, I still had that childish mind of, you know, motherly figures. I don't want them to disappoint. I don't want to disappoint them. And so when she said that I disappointed her, it was, it was like, <laughs> but I won a victory and. I'm pr I was proud of it, even though I disappointed her. I still was proud of it. <laughs> I just didn't understand why. So anyway, um, that's what it was. So I popped the principal by winning, and she was mad, bitch. <laughs> so anyway, so how does all that tie into love? Fast forward to a month later when graduation happens. So anybody who know how high school graduations work. The girls wear a certain color gown and the boys wear one certain color gown. So that's how she popped me. <laughs> this is how she got her revenge, right? So the girls wore a gold, a gold one, and the boys wore a black one. So now it's time for me to go get my cap and gown, right? So I go down there and I'm like, oh, well, I need the gold one. And she's down in the bookstore. She, this bitch ain't never been in the bookstore. Went into, was down in the bookstore just waiting for me to come in. Once she saw me there to get my cap and gown, she went down there specifically 
<laughs> to make sure a bitch got a black cap and gown and not a gold one like the girls. So she and I couldn't take her ass to court. It was because we were in rehearsal. It was like no time to go through any games of foolishness. You either gonna wear this black cap and gown like the boys. <laughs> or you're not gonna walk across my stage. So what you gonna do? So, okay, bitch. I'm gonna wear this black cap and gown. I called. I called. Um. I called my aunt Jo and I told her what was happening. But it's cool. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go get me a gold outfit. I'ma put some, get some gold accessories. You gonna know a bitch's gold in this motherfucker under this under this fucking and some gold heels. I'm gonna I'm gonna be gold <laughs> regardless if you tried or not. So you know, boys come in through the auditorium, girls come in through the auditorium, and we come up on the stage and da 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 da, and they already got us in order and blah 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 blah. So. You know, I don't know how y'all auditorium is, but when our auditorium, when you go through the doors, there's some wind that comes in and blows you. Bitch, I unzip that gown and have my sickening black and gold outfit under and the and the and when I opened up the door and it blew the cape back like a fucking sickening cape, bitch. <laughs> and it blew and I tipped down the aisle. Everybody in that motherfucking auditorium got up and said, yes, clapping and hollering and just getting their life. So much so, I tipped past the, past the valedictorian. Her name is Marquita Berry. She said, bitch, you already took all the shine from the prom. Don't try to take all the shine now during the graduation. <laughs> and she gave me a hug because she was just saying it jokingly. And um, I, I was on the boys' side in my little black gown sickening blah, blah 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 so everybody screamed and hollered in happiness and confirmation now the sad part remember i was talking that i'm a pisces stuff when stuff is going up it's always something going down at my high school graduation nobody nobody that was a loved one of mine came to my graduation Nobody, friend or family. So my best friend didn't come, both of them, any of them, none of them, not one. None of my family came, my mother, my grandmother, my father, my stepdad, my great aunt, nobody came to my graduation. So it was a sad moment being at my graduation because nobody was there to support me and it it even to this day it kind of hurt it it it, mm, it hurts my feelings that nobody was there and i worked so hard to graduate through the bullying through everything that i went through in high school and I still fucking graduated. And with nobody there. So, whoo. 
But fuck it. When I came through that door, even though that bitch was still fucking with me, even though she still was fucking with me by making me wear that fucking black gown, when I walked through that door and then everybody in the crowd, the parents and the kids stood up and cheered for me. It took everything that I was worried about, everything that I was sad about people not being there, it took everything away. I was that bitch in that moment. I was that bitch in that moment. When she called my name for me to go, you know how they call everybody name in alphabetical order, for me to come up and get my diploma out of her hand, went up and grabbed my diploma and rolled my eyes and tipped and everybody hollered again. <laughs> everybody hollered again. And like the even the niggas was cool. Like even the dudes, the females, everybody. And it just was a magical moment. <laughs> so, me and Eric's name. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> me and Eric's name are right behind each other. His, his name starts with an R. My name starts with an S. So, he would be in front of me when we would call alphabetical order. So, we were hollering for him. We Everybody who was, of course, popular, we were hollering for. And his parents were in... His parents... Remember, I told you about his mother, how she was real worldly and cool and down to earth. And just that ratchet, worldly mama. <laughs> she was in the audience and she was hollering for me or whatever. So, now the graduation is over and everybody is leaving the auditorium. So... I remember I told you, me and Erica had been doing stuff and messing around. And, you know, every time we would see each other in the hallway, like even when when he he's the one who came and picked me up with White Boy Finn. White Boy Finn is one of the white football players on the team. They came and picked he had Finn come pick me up so we can go take our SAT together. When he found out that I didn't have a ride. So, anybody who knows me, my love language is acts of service. <laughs> so, when you do something that helps me, it, it makes me fall in love with you even more. So, he would do these acts of service for me. And so, I was falling in love with him. <laughs> so, we went to take our SAT together. It just was bomb. It just like he was always supporting me and helping me, taking me home, uh, bringing me cookies, and just different little stuff that nobody knew was going on. Nobody knew what was going on, but it was on the down low. But he was engaging. It wasn't just I was fantasizing about him. It was he was doing stuff too. So anyway, we are coming out of the we're coming out of the auditorium and his mother, when I walk up to his mother, his mother's like, oh my God! Oh, oh my God! She gives me a hug. She's like, congratulations! Congratulations! She said, where's your mother? And I, and I told her that nobody came for me. Nobody came to see me graduate. And she was like, oh, fuck that. She was like, oh, fuck that. I'm about to go and get you a cake. You're going to have a birthday party with Eric. So, mm, this is why I'll never stand against black women. Because they always are in there and they are always there in a moment to have my motherfucking back. So 
with her son, they, she went and got a cake. Now, this is Eric's mother, <laughs> the love of my life's mother. <laughs> she went and got a cake with my name on it, too. Went and got a cake with my name on it, too. And we had a birthday party. We had a, not a birthday party. We had a graduation party at her house. So, remember, I told you I lost my job and I was losing my apartment. So, this was a month later. So, I hadn't paid my rent for April. Because I got fired. And I, I I had to May something. Oh, I had till June something to get out of my apartment. So, while we're at the party, I'm talking to... Um, talking to his mother and his mother says and his mother we're talking to him and I'm telling her about my situation and she was like oh if you ain't got nowhere to stay you can come stay with me you can come stay you can stay with us so I want you to think about that she's asking me to come stay with them Eric's mother Eric my baby my boo <laughs> to come and live with them how amazing if baby you couldn't have told me that these circumstances would have gotten so good <laughs> so i tell she was like honey go get you some clothes and you can come stay with me so for like a month this is like um so from June, July, August. So for two, like a month. It was like a month. Yeah, it was like a month. I stayed with Eric, his mother, and his sister. His sister had just had a baby. So while I'm staying with them, we are wearing it out. <laughs> because she doesn't know my teeth. It was one time she was knocking on the door while I was sucking his piece behind the door. It was, I would be answering the phones. I would be in his room answering his phone. Um, if girls is calling, I'm answering. No, he not here. Boop. <laughs> uh -uh. Uh -uh. <laughs> oh no, call him back. <laughs> so I would cook him breakfast. Uh, oh, it was it was a mess. <laughs> but his mother was none the wiser. Cause it was, you know, it would be late at night that we'd be in the room together. Um it just oh my god like it just was you i couldn't ask you i was a kid in a candy store <laughs> getting my life the circumstances were beautiful so one time i was in eric's room and he called oh somebody called not him somebody called and his is will what i didn't know was one of the boys who bullied me is william holland I didn't know that William Holland's mother was best friends with Eric's mother. 
So I call, so William calls Eric's phone while I'm there. And of course, I've been answering it. So I answered the phone and I was like, and William was like, who is this? And I was like, this is such and such, such and such, my own name. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing over there? Uh-uh. Hell no. And hung the phone up. So mind you, there have been rumors about me and Eric circling ever since it just has been rumors then but it's been rumors about me and other boys too just anybody i learned that in college too people will make you be rumored just because you are what you are people will make a rumor they can see you sitting together on accident at a cafeteria table and make it of some sort and it will spark a rumor so it was rumors all together but that me answering that phone was a mistake what ended up happening, Will ended up telling his mother about the rumor between me and Eric. So the fact that I'm in the house and that rumor is going on, his mother ends up telling his his mother, William Holler's mother, ended up telling Eric's mother because they're best friends. So what I didn't know is that Eric was going to sim he got drafted in the semi-pro football league or whatever, and they were shipping him out to Australia. So he didn't tell me none of this. Like I didn't know. Now mind you, I've been laying up with this nigga for like a month now, and he didn't tell me that he was about to go to Australia. None of that tea. And so when the morning come for him to fly to Australia, I'm like, what? You're about to go all the way to Australia? So I'm going to be sitting in this house with your mama and your sister without you? Bitch, <laughs> what? So it, part of me was really, really angry that he didn't tell me about none of this. Like, he didn't tell me that this was about to be the situation. I didn't find out until that morning. So his grandfather comes to pick him up to take him to the airport in this sickening ass Cadillac, the old heads, you know, they love them a Cadillac. <laughs> and his, so it's, we're at a table, this simple, simple square table. I'm sitting on this side. Um, Eric's mother sitting on this side. Eric's sister is sitting right here. You're not like a, a car spade table. Eric's sister is sitting on this side, and his sister-in-law, his brother's wife, is sitting on this side. Eric's sister had the baby in her hand, her new baby. And her name is Mitra. So Eric takes his suitcase. He hugs everybody. He hugs the mama. He hugs the sister-in-law. He hugs me. He hugs sister. And then he goes out to the car and puts his, car, put his suitcase in the trunk and gets in the car with granddad. And they pull off. But they're still like, okay, so they're still, I can see them out of the window. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, he's really about to leave and go to Australia for some weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to be just sitting here. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm just angry about the situation. And I haven't even, I couldn't talk to him to process it because it was so like super quick. Like I woke up and he's going to Australia. What? <laughs> so right at that moment in that midst of, oh my God, he's leaving. His mother say, why you ain't go out there and see him off? 
Cool, man. She was like, yeah, you stay laid up under him. You should have went out there and seen him off. What? And his, and his sister was like, mama, what you talking about? She was like, oh, girl, let me ask you something. Are you fucking my son? I am... When anybody who know when you're light-skinned, like just now when I was crying, when you get emotional or embarrassed, you turn red. <laughs> and I, I'm sure I had turned beet red because I didn't know how to respond other than, no, I'm not, no, what, Ericus, what? And then his sister says, mama, what? Eric is not gay. And she says, the mama says, girl, you young, you young and dumb. You don't know niggas. That bitch is pretty. And a, and a straight nigga will fuck the shit out of her. I don't care what nobody say. And your ass love my son. You cook for him. I come into the kitchen and a whole, a whole country whole breakfast is done. Because, bitch, I throws down. And I will have breakfast for not just him, but I have it for everybody, but it was for him. <laughs> and she was like, it's a country hole breakfast done uh, that you cook for your husband. I, I'm an old head. I know how the game go. And you in my house. And he got a plate before me. The woman of the house. <laughs> she was like so you can be fooled by what's going on but I'm not fooled by what's going on I know what's going on I know exactly what's going on and I was like no 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 I'm just like that and, the, and she looking like and the sister is constantly trying to say mama you is tripping and da, da, da. girl stop I know what's going on. I am embarrassed. I get up out of that seat. And soon as they get somewhere and go sit down and lay down, I leave that house. <laughs> I leave that house. I go. I have my Aunt Joe. I go to my Aunt Joe's house and I tell my Aunt Joe I just need a place to stay for a week. And I called my mother, who was in Mississippi, and I told my mother, um, that I had no place to go. And my mom was like, baby, anytime I have, anytime I have, now mind you, she's on drugs and, you know, not doing really well. And she was like, um, as long as I got a roof over my head, you got a roof over your head. So where we need to send this bus ticket for you to come down. And so my mama <laughs> sent me a Greyhound bus ticket to come down to Mississippi. I had never been to Mississippi. All my older family was from there. I had never, I was, I was, I had just turned, I had turned 18 in February. So I was, I had just, um, I was 18. I can't remember what age I was. 17 or 18. And I had never been to Mississippi, and I took the bus down to Mississippi, and I seen Eric again years later, but that was the end of me and Eric's situation. When his mother asked, was I fucking him? 
I didn't know how to respond to it. Got scared and left the house. And I didn't talk to Eric no more until I was like 23 because he went to prison. So that was that. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. <laughs>